0: This is the Fade You podcast. My name is Matthew James. Joined on, we're recording late Saturday night. Joined tonight by Kmart. Kmart, you had that USC game exactly perfect. Now, did you live bet them down thirteen with under three minutes left?
1: Uh, it, it crossed my mind <laughs> when they got the ball at twenty-seven fourteen, and. I don't know. I thought I thought they would have scored before that point and it just they just looked sloppier than even I thought. So I just I didn't want to piss away my winner. So I just let it ride and sure enough they fumble or miss it again on fourth and short. I kind of forget because it was that type of game and texted my brother in law who went to ASU and I'm just like, Well, that's the game. Good job on your And behold, I see some crazy comeback and put a small smile on my face, but it was such an ugly game. It, it
0: was a small smile. They got a lot of work to do. Ugly game, wild, insane finish, uh, but a winner nonetheless. You were all over it, so great pick there. Chris Duke is here. Chris, you had some good picks too, but uh, Dennis got the best of us today.
2: Yeah, man, we come out positive uh, on the week for our college um, but so did Den. So uh, we tried to give some winners out. We did. Dennis started out two and four, and then he went off eight. He bets with his heart a lot. He loves Notre Dame. Notre Dame played well at home. He, uh, I think he homers with SC, so he likes to bet against UCLA. So we hit up some, some uh, Colorado, and then he likes him, some Ducks, too, or any favorite, and uh, I'm surprised he didn't take USC earlier and lay the wood because he did it with Oregon and uh, they got a lucky first half cover going the four yards somehow in you know a few minutes Stanford couldn't hold him to three and then in the second half he comes back over the top on him and Stanford like Stanford does with their idiotic coach they go they don't go for it kick for losers and not only do they kick the kicker sucks dick at kicking, and he misses a lot of 27-yarders. So that's just the way it goes. Congrats, Den. Try to fucking come at us tomorrow after you went 0-8 last Sunday. Let's see what you got for NFL. Now, that was what I was, was
0: just going to ask you about, Chris, because we we did gain a lot of followers this week. And I, I want you to explain to the new followers, you know, Dennis went 10-4 and 4 today. So anybody fading Dennis like we do – got cleaned out a little bit now we can fall back on the fact that he went 0 and 8 last sunday but for new followers and maybe today and was their first uh fade dennis experience since he's back in action today what would you tell people who might have lost some faith and are questioning our methods here
2: you know uh anything it's it's just like as is life like nothing in life is easy so people are going to be like shit this is bullshit den's crap but guess what it's kind of started like this this is kind of telltale how we started when we did uh, fade Den at the beginning with no football all we had was uh, a lot of baseball and basketball going on and Den was kind of doing very well doing some good had some good baseball plays the bubble was good to him he was all over the the heat and uh, the Celtics. So that was fine. We were all kind of, I'm sure the followers, you know, a couple of them asked, is this guy good? Like, is he okay? Like, why are we fading him? Sure enough. You know, you know, we've been doing it now for months and months and we're up 30 something units doing it. And it's just, it's been consistently positive. So don't, don't quit on, I've been taking this guy's action for almost four years now and there's not been a time a year that I have not, collected and collected and collected so just keep the faith he's he's crap um you guys can look at his his prior saturdays i'm sure there's a lot of plus green money for fade you um and sundays for sure so yeah we'll see if he can he's gonna bite the bait again he's gonna be ravens he's gonna be Chiefs. he's gonna you name it the big you know teams that everyone's gonna take so we'll fade him we'll keep fading tell him, that
0: we'll keep fading and, and new followers if you're again, if you're questioning, if you're looking at this, like, Oh my God, you guys faded this guy's picks and he went 10 and four, like you're idiots. What you can do our Twitter at fade sports with two links in our bio. One is our results and one is our results fading Dennis. So what you'll notice we have, we've been tracking his picks since the end of July. And what you'll notice is that his October was horrible, horrific. We were up over 30 units fading him in October. So Again, this is a long term thing. Like if you're gambling, if you're sports betting, Kmart, you can echo my sentiments here. If you're sports betting, you're not in the business of perfection. You're going to have days where you lose. You're going to have days where you win big. You're going to have days where you lose big. Same thing fading Dennis. All we can do is keep telling people long term, this guy will lose. And you, you know, if you're patient enough to stick with it, eventually you'll be rewarded like we were. It took a few months, but we finally got way over positive fading this guy.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm an impatient fuck. So, (laughs) definitely definitely challenges me. Uh, I'm a perfectionist as well. So, these are all things that hit on the head that, you know, I've had to learn and deal with. Um, I mean, I just hate losing.
0: And, Chris, it's funny to hear Kyle say that because he, I think he speaks for most people in that people want oh, to gamble yeah. people want action and people want to be perfect and and that is human nature and i understand the impulse but yeah. you know
2: this long-term and it's tough betting to take other people's yeah. picks. yeah and it's tough to fade other people because you feel like if you you know most gamblers are like fuck i can lose on my own i don't need to follow someone so it kind of hurts but when you you know and i wish we had our buddy you know the freck god on here riley our merce friend he is fully bought in and he's he's reaped the benefits he like is number one fade den like he doesn't give a shit if he loves the team and den's on that side he'll flip flop in a fucking coin flip and be on the other side because he knows well fuck long term fading this guy will yield me lots of income so gotta do it well we'll see what
0: happens tomorrow you know dennis he 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 did take a few days off chris he he (laughs) said yeah take a break
2: Yeah. Dude, Friday. I was shocked to see his text this morning when he texts me, I thought, I thought, yeah, okay. He's going to, you know, he's going to square up. He's got money. Many texts me this morning. I saw Michigan, North Carolina. I said, Oh my God, he's back at it. He's, he needs more. He needs more crack. He heard Oregon legalized crack. So he's like, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> we'll see what happens
0: to I mean, he, he did have a day like this. Uh, last Saturday, he went 11 and six. So we were, we were down over six units fading him last Saturday and then, you know, it'd be easy to lose the faith and say, okay, I'm going to take Sunday off. I can't get further in the hole. But then he follows up with an 0-8 Sunday. And so we want it all back and then some. So the same thing could happen tomorrow. Chris, we're not guaranteeing he's going to piss it all away tomorrow. But, you know, it's rare that this guy would have like a 15-5 a and five weekend or something like that. So keep an eye out for those f- those fade picks tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about our picks. Uh, we we haven't potted since Monday. So Wednesday we went zero and two in the return of action, Chris. Uh, not ideal. Yes. Bounced back on Thursday with a one and zero on Colorado State. Uh, two and one last night, and then four and three today. So overall, you know, we we come out with a small profit. Kmart, did you learn anything from watching the return of the Pac-12 today? Any of these other Big Ten? plays today our our Big Ten was pretty good easy winner in Iowa Uh, pretty easy winner with Indiana Nebraska was kind of tough because they just go over in the second half that was one that was looking good for a while Uh, what have you learned today I mean with all this college action
1: yeah Chris and I were kicking ourselves for not seeing uh, Minnesota as well Um, but yeah you know getting more familiar with the with the teams as the season progresses um Styles of play—that's what I like to look at. Chris likes to, you know, really. Chris is great because he can look at, you know, lines and just really see where where a true good play is. Where I just really like to hone in on. I mean, to me, Indiana and Michigan. I saw last night that Indiana was getting three and a half, I believe, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like they're they're clearly better. <laughs> I, I just, I mean. I think Harpa might get bounced soon. Good, what how good riddance. Um, but yeah, you know, just get more familiar. Pac-12, uh, kind of what, kind of what I thought. Sloppy, inconsistent play. Some big scores in some games. You got Wazoo, Oregon State, right now, I believe It was tied at seven. So. You know, just teams kind of failing it out, um, you know, getting full on-board contact, um, you know, for really the first time. So, you know, it's – we're all kind of learning and we can only really go off of the information we know.
0: Chris, any takeaways from you from the college action today? Any that you're kicking yourself about for picking? Any that you're regretting not taking? And okay, Mart mentioned we kind of missed an easy one with Minnesota.
2: Yeah, I missed that one. That was tough. And I was looking at some other home dogs too. Was, they were all barking today. You had some uh, Syracuse was getting a bunch and, and they covered and, um, you know, there's a couple others. So, you know, you you kick yourself for that. Uh, I'm kind of upset I went and pulled it on the Gamecocks because that was a home dog that didn't take care of business. K State was another one of the big twelve. Um, they kept it close with Oki State. So I'm pissed. I fell for it. I thought the the Cox would play tough like they have in, in uh earlier games, but I'm glad I was really convinced on Baylor and uh after bouncing back. I really liked what I saw uh last half and against TCU they scored a ton. And so I thought they'd take that and ended up covering the big number against uh Iowa State. So but yeah. Uh, overall good week. We're going to go back on the grind. We've got a little bit of pack 12. We can, you know, uncover here. Kmart's going to be great and kill that next week. And, uh, we're going to keep killing it on, uh, and find those inflated lines and find the, the matchups and give out winners. Chris, you and I were wrong about Fresno state. No, we didn't play this at all, but we
0: were weary about laying 11 on the road, Coming off the blowout win last week, and they take care of UNLV and win by thirteen. Very impressive from
2: Hayner and the Bulldogs. Yeah, Hayner's looking good. Yeah, you yeah. never want to lay that many. They got lucky. They scored. They outscored UNLV thirteen to nothing in the fourth quarter and got. Um, oh Wow, yeah, they scored a late a late field goal, yeah. well, a late garbage field goal. Um, with two minutes left to get the cover. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on our Bulldogs. I'm an alum there. They're going to Utah State next week. We'll see if there's any value on uh, the Aggies. K-Mart, okay, how much BYU have you lost?
0: Because we've bet against them a couple times and really been hurt by that. They looked awfully impressive last night on the blue turf in Boise. How good is this team? I think they're 6-2 and two ATS, but uh, really solid-looking team.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're kind of built in all three facets where you're gonna have to play sound football, kind of like uh, St. John Bosco in high school. Um, you know, just well-coached. They might not have the best talent all the way around, but you know, great coaching, you know, can out outsmart, outgain any any strengths, weaknesses that that's opposed to it. So that's the benefit there. Um, I mean, could could have just been a bad game um, from from uh Boise so but BYU I mean they're always tough defensively um offensively we saw that quarterback last year against USC I mean that was another game before we're doing this but we were on a we were on BYU uh on that one and I mean fuck that that really turned SC season around so I mean this team this team we knew was going to be good going into the year so I mean they've taken those steps forward and are looking to showcase their talent
0: absolutely all right, that'll close the book on college football for us. So we'll take a really fast break, come back. We'll talk about our contest plays for week nine for the NFL and a couple other thoughts on games we pass and uh, why we liked some of these certain ones. So we'll be right back. All right, NFL week nine. We talked about this one the other night. Uh, Kmart, I think you you guys both like this. I'll let you start. Just a quick word for people who may not have listened before. Why do we like the Panthers so much? Why was that our earliest play of week nine at 10 and a half?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we touched it on Monday. Just for one, we got McCaffrey coming back. Again, don't expect him to really play more than half the snaps. But, you know, just just that added weapon, uh, you know, something else for Kansas City to have to defend. 10 and a half is a lot. Um, To me, it crosses, you know, the key number of 10 it kind of makes it a three score game so sure kansas city could be up 17 but with teddy bridgewater dj moore mccaffrey back there even mike davis who the hell knows how they might do some of these split sets with them um you know it just seems like a too easy backdoor um kansas city i think i said this exact exact thing there's kind of going through the motions um, no one's really talking about them, but they're playing pretty good football. It's just kind of like a ho-hum par. Like, oh, we got another one. Slap each other on the asses. Let's move on to the next week. So you can easily see them winning between 4 and 10 and just moving on.
0: Chris, do you ever consider betting against teams who are going to be on a bye next week? Because to Kmart's point, there are times where the Chiefs seem to be kind of going through the motions. Even in the first half against the Jets last week, the Jets moved the ball. They just aren't talented enough to get it in the end zone. So they settled for long field goals. Kansas city does have a week 10 bye. are they vulnerable here in this spot, especially against a QB like Teddy Bridgewater, who all that guy does is cover as a dog.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's why we're looking at the dog there. I do. I think it is something uh, you kind of hinge on Matt Uh, in the past contest. You've kind of, mentioned maybe Thursday night football the next week buys the next week. You got to take into account if these teams want to just get in and out of there and uh, you know, get the W don't need to win by 30. Let's just nobody get hurt, you know, kind of mindset. We're 10, you know, we're 10, 14 point favorites here. You know, we're supposed to win. We're better than this team. Let's just ho-hum. And you know, a lot of people would say, dude, these are paid athletes. They don't do that. But I mean, gamble. I mean, most gam- If you know, gamblers, you know, they're going to, exploit a team's weakness and they're going to find value whenever they can. And a lot of professionals do do this and they find a team that where it is a flat, like there are known flat spots in the national football league. So this is hopefully one uh, that we found. Okay. Mark, people may not listen to this until tomorrow morning. I don't
0: think this number is going to go below 10. I guess it wouldn't stun me because I know a lot of pros are going to be on Carolina. So If this is somehow at nine and a half tomorrow morning, are you still taking that or are you only taking this at 10 or above?
1: Uh, I'd probably only recommend doing 10 or above. If you're going to play it at nine or something like that, Um, I would probably go super small on it or maybe, you know, tease it up with teasing shit. I don't know. The uh, Steelers down. Uh, (laughs) Some, some guy by the name of Garrett Gilbert starting for the Cowboys Mm. So, I mean, that, that could be a way you could look at it, um, you know, just try to get some extra value. But I think you want that ten and a half. You want that that hook, that three-score, um, you know, game.
0: Chris, what would you recommend a better? So, again, maybe, maybe someone's a new better and they're like, well, I'm hearing that there's sharp action on Carolina, so it's nine and a half. If that's the side the pros are on, that's the side I want to be on. But what would you recommend someone who's sitting at nine and a half on Sunday morning?
2: Yeah, I'd say most, like, if you listen to John Murray and a lot of these guys that have been taking action for years, they're sportsbook directors, they tell you one of the main things, Josh Applebaum, when you're going to be a long-term successful gambler, not only do you need to fade Den, but you also, (laughs) which is actually, this is actually a good point to make, Den takes the worst line when he bets. That means that what do you get when you're the fade Den better? The, The best line. So... You know, if you're going to be a sharp, you want to bet early. Don't take nine and a half. I mean, even if it hits, you're taking a bad line and it lands 10. You're just killing yourself. I'd say maybe you wait for a live line. Say Chiefs score one quick. You're down seven nothing. Boom. You're going to get automatically a way inflated line. Um, And if any, if the Chiefs are ever up, the line's going to be probably a little better. So just be patient.
1: And a fun little stat Teddy Bridgewater is 19 and four against the spread as an underdog. Incredible. 17 and 3 on the motherfucking road.
0: <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And okay, so why is that? Kyle, why like that's not just coincidence. Like there must be something about him where he keeps his cuz it's not like he's been on awesome teams. Like he was on the Vikings for a few years and they were okay back then. He made a few starts for the Saints last year who did have a really good team around him, but it's not like the Panthers are our world beater. So what is it about Teddy that is, that is making him such a profitable underdog?
1: I think it's just the line. Uh, his teams are undervalued. Yep. Think about last year with the Saints. They were, they were still a great team. Just quarterback change. So he just, he was kind of a sheer version of Alex. Manage the game, make plays when he can. That defense was a lot better last year in New Orleans. So they were able to win games, and if they weren't winning, they were covering the spread. So I think that has stuff to play with it. Carolina, they weren't expected to be very good this year. And, I mean, what are they, 3-5, something like that? So, so, I mean, not super good, but, I mean, they could easily also be 5-3. and three. So, you know, they're in ball games. are more competitive than people thought. I bet at the beginning of the season, if they did a Week 9 look ahead, this this line would have been, like, probably – 17 so it, it's just I, I think that's what's going on with it so you can't really be like oh 17 three 85 percent lock bridgewater let's go but yeah yeah like with McCaffrey coming back it, to me it's just extra, extra extra oh confidence in the pick for that against the spread record because when I when I said panthers I didn't I had no idea about that I've, I've heard, heard it but it wasn't anything
0: Sure, let's let's run through some yeah. of these other ones that we're playing. Chris, I'm gonna let you start on this one because you would typically approach this pick with hesitation because of the way you you just don't like to be on a road public favorite generally more often than not. So maybe talk about what your hesitation would be on this pick, but then why you're ultimately were okay with it. We did join the public taking the Seahawks minus three on the road in Buffalo. So Give me your thoughts on that one.
2: Yeah, it's not right. I mean, that's just your bread and butter for professional betters are small home dogs. You know, you see it all the time. Why is that little lure there? Oh, we're not going to give you, you know, a field goal. And it's happened before. Uh, we know Russ travels well. Uh, they were two and a half point favorites week one against the Falcons. Demolished them. Uh, they went on the road to Miami. Everyone's, you know, hammering them. The Sharps were on. Uh, Miami they end up sneaking by and covering that one so well, we've seen them go they're they're good at covering um small spreads for Russ. they they seem like they're just travel proof and uh the bills seem a little porous. so I wouldn't be the first one to jump on this one just because any time I see a small red favorite it's scary but you've got to really uh see who you're working with who's your quarterback who's the team and you got to make exceptions sometimes so go Hawks now Kmart, you hate Seattle
0: so what what got you on board with this play?
1: Uh, pretty much Jamal Adams coming back being healthy. Yeah, uh, Carlos Dunlap, newly acquired. Uh, their defense looked pretty damn good last week. So you know, and uh, I mean, their defense—you kind of are who you are halfway through a season, but there's just got to be some outliers going on. I mean, I I, I can't imagine a P. Carl's Carroll's defense just being this shit. So I think with these two additions, minus three on the road, as Chris said, they travel on the East Coast well. It just seems like a no-brainer. I don't think the Bills are playing that well anymore. Um, I like what I'm seeing from Zach Moss, but their defense has taken a step back. Their offense just – they're able to run, but they're not able to sustain drives, as we saw against the Jets. Six field goals. It's just – I mean, Seattle is leaps and bounds, uh, just a far better unit than them. If they come to play, I I, I can't see Buffalo being close in the fourth quarter.
0: Kyle, something you said is interesting. You said uh, halfway through the season, you are who you are. Now, it's a fine line between, like, taking what we've seen from the first eight weeks of the season and understanding that, yes, that's who these teams are, but then are there certain teams and certain coaches (laughs) – who, you know, when you have, I mean, Seattle was like league worst in some of these defensive categories. And, and to your point, you can't imagine a Pete Carroll coach team finishing the season that poor. So yes, in some cases, teams are who they are at this point in the season, but do you kind of put an asterisk next to that statement with better coached teams who have proven to have success in the past given a few – like Mike Zimmer in Minnesota is another case, I think. Given a few weeks to finally get their legs under them, can you see some of those kind of outlier really bad performances like Seattle's defense, like Minnesota's defense, improving over time?
1: Oh, yeah, this this season for sure. I mean, especially for Minnesota, get, having a bunch of rookies in there, no real OTAs preseason. So, yeah, by – mid you would expect them to get better unless they just get ravaged by injuries like San Francisco. Yeah. Barring to stay pretty healthy, I mean, if you're if you're bottom 30, I mean, sure, maybe you can start playing better and still get middle tier, but we're not talking the defense is going to be 30th in the league and then they're going to be a top eight unit. That, right. That's just, unless they make some crazy acquisition. And I, I don't think Carlos Dunlap is that, but mm-hmm. he's definitely going to make that front a lot better because they can defend um, on the perimeter. It's just, you can't defend for more than, you know, five seconds. So yeah. you need to get a pass rush.
0: Chris, what's your take on that idea of, you know, we have eight games worth of data right now. We have these numbers and these averages we can look at. At, at what point do you have to kind of take those with a grain of salt and saying, well, the NFL is such a small sample size league, that, yes, we have this data, but we also have a whole second half of the season. Things change, guys get healthier, or guys get hurt and things go the other way. What's your take on, like, what we've seen so far and how much room is there for some of that to kind of switch up a little bit?
2: There's a little room. I mean, most teams are, uh, for our coach down there in Cardinalville, They uh, Romeo, is that Romeo? I don't know. Who was that? Dennis Green or something. They are who we thought they were. Right. But uh, (laughs) you know, some of them are going to change. I mean, look at, uh, look at the Falcons last year, how they finished. People probably just baffled. Like, how is this team like doing this? They're just covering and winning every game. And they were like dog shit the first half. So you got to be careful and just keep an eye on teams and see if they're on the, you know, the up and up and they're playing better, then don't be afraid to back them. But if they're just going to look like they're quitting and they're not going to win a game and these guys just aren't, they're losing by 20 Then don't, don't be afraid fade them.
0: Honestly, I think, uh, Kyle, you might've mentioned this on a previous pod too, but the jets finished last season kind of, I don't know if I want to say on a tear, My but yeah. So yes, maybe teams like Dallas are Owen eight ATS at this point. Now we're not betting <laughs> Dallas this week, for yeah. sure. but like, yeah. I mean, at some point the law of average is going to, is going to come into play. And like, like you said, it's a long season. Sometimes, teams have a hot ats start and then they regress and fall back a little bit yeah vice versa that's a good so, point man. that's a good point
1: close because um, some teams just i mean look at the niners three years ago they didn't know how to win yeah they were in teams they were mm-hmm. i don't know four and 12 they just didn't know how to close And mm-hmm. you, know, you saw what you saw last year and then you know their super bowl window closed and fate said fuck you to san francisco and now they suck again
0: yeah all yeah. right, let's get to the rest of these three. We we did end up going with Bears plus six and a half. Chris, I'm, I'm guessing this is one that you like. Um, you know, the road dog, maybe kind of an inflate. Maybe this is priced like Tennessee start, like the way they started the season. Not their recent form. Seems like a lot of points. Maybe the spread here should be like three and a half or four, but six and a half seems a little generous. So we ended up taking that.
2: Yeah, I mean Tennessee's proven they just—they're losing to they barely beat the Jags earlier this season, and now we know the Jags suck. They couldn't handle business against the Bengals last week. I know the Bears have a great uh, D, and I know you were saying that uh, Tannehill struggles if they can get a little pressure. And so, uh, you know, I know the Bengals played good D last week against them. We'll take the Bears D, and we'll hope that uh, the Titans defense which can be uh poorest at times and let let points we'll see if the bears uh offense can
0: put some points on the board and kmart i guess it kind of comes down to how you feel about the titans because the bears i think we all know what the bears are the bears are an average at best team with definitely a below average offense that doesn't have a lot of ways they can beat you tennessee has looked really good at times earlier this season but they have lost a couple straight any hesitation fading Tennessee here, like eventually they're going to have a get-right game? But what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Um, yeah, they'll get a get-right game, but I don't think that's against the Bears, who are pretty solid on the defensive front. Their offense isn't that good, but they also don't make, you know, just game-altering uh, turnovers, knock on wood. Um, you know, especially with Trubisky out of there now, Nick Foles can manage a game. I mean, I, I'd argue it the other way. That offense is is ready for a breakout. They got Allen Robinson. Sure. Um, I mean, but, shit. Think the thing about the comeback against the Falcons. I know that's not a yeah. superior defense or all, but I mean, this team can clearly. Gore they just need to have a better mindset uh Nagy has to call better plays like I have I have no idea what this offensive genius is doing but they got to get something figured out and quick because they are one of the worst five team wins
0: yeah I'm,
1: I might have ever seen
0: yeah and last note on Tennessee this is one of the worst defensive lines in football at getting pressure so when you have a a quarterback that's not super mobile, like Foles, that little bit of extra time for a guy like Allen Robinson to get open. It's not like Tennessee's got all pros back there in the secondary. So even if the, maybe maybe Kyle's right, maybe this is when the Bears' offense is, is primed to break out a little bit and, and show a little bit better. So, you know, they put up 23 points last week in the windstorm in Chicago. Probably going to be a nice day out there in Nashville. This next one, Chris, I know you love this one. You mentioned this on Monday. We are taking the Colts plus one and a half. I think the number one consensus play in the contest this week is the Ravens. You know, Dennis is going to be on the Ravens. The Ravens is the biggest public play this week because, of course, every average Joe is saying, oh, my God, I only have to lay one and a half with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Yes, please. I'm going to run to the window and take that. So how much do you love this Colts pick and how much is this right up your alley?
2: Well, if the bets like these hit every time, then uh, we wouldn't be playing in this circuit contest run by uh, big bad casinos that make money doing this. So, you know, it looks too easy, right? Ravens have to bounce back. They should have beat the, the Steelers. You know, um, they had that in their hand. They blew it, so they got to bounce back against the Colts, right? The Colts barely beat the damn Bengals, man. How are they going to beat the Ravens, right? We're not going to fall for it, Matt, and that uh, smells like shit. Give us the Colts. And, Kyle, how much are
0: people still
2: remembering last
0: season's Baltimore Ravens? I mean, this year's team is not bad by any means, but I don't. I'm not seeing the same Lamar Jackson. I'm seeing a Colts defense built with speed. With uh, our boy Buckner in there, our guy Darius Leonard in the middle, linebacker, this defense seems like it's built to be able to play against a speed offense like Baltimore's.
1: Yeah, barring uh, Philip Rivers doesn't forget <laughs> what he's playing for. <sighs> um, this team offensively and defensively, you know, seems like a, kind of what we go for. But, I mean, Buckner on the line, Darius Leonard in the middle, they got good perimeter surrounding offensively, Jonathan Taylor, Hines. turn their own right, as the uh, Ravens have as well. But Lamar Jackson is pretty much what he was in year two. You know, guy that can run. But last year, you know, I think our boys said it best. He broke the matrix. Um, and they've – I said it last week. They're just not letting him do what he's meant to do. If he wants to play a certain way, have the conversation saying, "Hey, you might only be in this league for five years, but you're going to be great. Hopefully, hopefully, you know he can stay healthy and be for ten. But I, I just, I just don't see the point. If they don't, if teams don't have to spy him as much and contain the edges and just force him to throw, we're seeing, we're, we're seeing it." Um, that's, that's all I can really say. I mean, they, they got to let him play the way he wants to play, and that's kind of the only way they'll be dominant.
0: Our fifth play, and Kmart, I want to hear from you first on this one because you earlier in the week seemed to like Miami, but we ended up taking the Arizona Cardinals minus four and a half. So what caused you to kind of change your mindset as the week went on?
1: Um, I think I just kind of jumped on the Miami bandwagon. Uh, my dad's a Dolphins fan. I've kind of always kind of just like dolphins. They're cute. It was fun <laughs> to just grab their fin and ride one. Get to surf a wave with them every now and then. It's just kind of like yeah. Now now they're now they're back playing good football. The hype of you know, it's kind it's kind of exciting out there. But you know, just looking at the stats, I mean, he would played all right. You know, it's like twelve of twenty three, ninety three yards. Nothing spectacular. Didn't. You know, cause a fumble, do anything. So I was just thinking, yeah, this defense, they'll keep a minute. Four and a half seems like a good number. Expect a better, better game from Tua. I was probably just, you know, putting the training wheels on them. Their defensive special teams got them far enough ahead. There's no reason to really risk anything from them. But, you know, just kind of looking at Arizona. They're getting healthier, uh, mainly on the defensive side. And I don't think Miami has really seen a monster like this in Murray and Hopkins. I wish the shit that Drake was healthy just because I think Drake and I'll say right now, I think, I think Edmonds is better running back than Drake. Um, but I think if they would have split them out, have twin backs, I think that, I think that offense would go to just a different freaking level, um, but, yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to take – this team isn't going to be hurt at all from Edmonds back there. He's a starting running back. We saw it last year. He has a lot of skill, a lot of speed. And I, th- I think, you know, Cardinals have been a little shaky lately, but I think they're going to put together a really sound game and be the one fucking NFC West team to beat the fucking Dolphins.
0: Chris, I'm surprised by the action in this game. I thought more of the public would jump on Miami after they just absolutely blew the doors off to LA Rams last week. And Arizona was on a bye, so we we didn't see them. So I'm a little surprised this action is as split as it was. What got you on, on board with this Cardinals pick? Because you normally would typically look at a dog in this spot, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, as long as uh... – there's a perceived value. I think there's a little bit of value. Um, You know, I think they can win by seven, and it's going to be tough for for Miami to, uh, you know, come home, go all the way across the country after beating the shit out of the Rams. And, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for them to go, and now they need to win a tough – it's a tough game. Arizona's, you know, going to be fired up for this, and uh, all those defenders are going to say – All right, Tua, you got your little win against the Rams because you got three turnovers from the defense. How about you come in here and beat us, you know?
0: Yeah, this is one that I really liked. I I like the value on the the look-ahead line in this game was minus six. So I like the value of getting four and a half. I'm going to be – if Miami can hang in this game, I'm going to be really impressed because, like Chris just said, I don't think they're getting a punt return for a touchdown – I don't think they're getting a defensive touchdown. I certainly wouldn't bet on those things happening again, and that's why I'm betting against it. So, this like and like Kyle said, this Arizona offense can can really be elevated by Kyler's mobility and throwing to Hopkins. It's really going to be a good test for Miami. So if they can hang in, I'll be I'll be very impressed and I'll tip my hat. The only other one that's worth mentioning, guys, is uh, we didn't put this one in the contest because we didn't see the news about Sam Darnold until after we had submitted or else perhaps we would have taken a look at Patriots minus seven and a half, which is the contest line. Kyle, if it's Flacco, which it sure looks like it's going to be, are you auto fading Flacco and taking Patriots minus nine and a half? Because I think that's what the line has settled at now.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I have another league, and I swapped. I swapped out the – we were actually going to – just kinda of go square and go with uh go with the ravens and I took that out because I also like the Colts. Um and we were on it in this fade you group. And I put the Patriots in there. Um and I did that this morning because, you know, seeing, you know, what's going on with Sam Darnold, it just seemed like an easier decision to make on that one. Um I mean Flacco won a Super Bowl, but that was a decade ago it feels like and you can't really move. There's no offensive line there. I mean, Darnold can barely escape that mess half the time. They're just kind of looking to see what they have at this point. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not that the Patriots are are the Patriots anymore, but, I mean, they. you want to talk about a get-right game? This, this is about as good as a get-right game as anybody can hope for against the – most obvious tank job in NFL history, New York
0: Jets. Chris, do you agree? Auto, auto fade Flacco?
2: Yeah, he looks really bad. He's a, not Peterman status, but he's bad.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right. So that that's not one of our plays, but we did post that earlier today when we saw the Darnold news. I mean, Darnold can at least move the ball and keep that team somewhat competitive, Although they just lack talent, like we said earlier, but yeah, not expecting the jets with Flacco to be able to keep that close on Monday night football. Wow. What a, what a terrible game for Monday night. Anyway, uh, good informative pod guys. We're going to post our contest plays tomorrow morning. We're going to still bet all those. And uh, if there's any more, we'll, we'll keep you posted and Chris we will watch out for Dennis's picks uh, prediction. Who's Den going to be on tomorrow?
2: Um, I'm a little afraid he might ride the Seahawks, but that's okay if he gets a a winner on that one. You know Ravens. I think he already texted me tonight. I asked him for a few plays he likes early. Uh, Ravens was in there. Chiefs was in there. Go figure. He might throw Vikings in there. But, um, probably in the afternoon round. I don't know. He might lay this big number because he doesn't give a shit. But, uh, he'll probably be on Steelers because the Cowboys, uh, still have the hoagie, the, uh, Italian hoagie guy in there maybe they're going to a fourth stringer and uh, yeah I mean he might be on cards but he might like bucks in a bounce back game so but hopefully he's on some overs tomorrow we'll see if he's gonna mess with any totals
0: all right that'll do it we're gonna get this posted so you guys can listen before your NFL Sunday kicks off tomorrow so for Kmart and for Chris Duke we are out of here we'll talk to you guys and we'll recap our NFL Sunday here in a couple of days